0: got a message for your american buddy i'm your wife damn it
1: ah you would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello i am new here i know george you think i don't know anything but i know people i get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you you wanted your file i found your file you wanted out i got you out you needed money Let's face it here. I've got
0: to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blend. Knows
1: you to try to sweet talk me, Miss Garland. I knows you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets your shit.
0: I got a two inch thick silo in steak sitting defrosting right this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and mommy doesn't get drunk, she just has fun. And my
1: name is Colin Drucker, and come on, crackers, you're coming to bed with me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, click, 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 the clack of the heels, that's my favorite
1: part. (laughs) Come on, you're coming with me. Yeah, I mean... Ugh... Oh boy! Well, I here we here are we are our, our very first in terms of discussing best supporting actresses, our very first animated best supporting actresses if I'm if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. It's I was trying to do, you know, I did some I was like doing some field research here. I'm like, do gays who love the hours also love Bob's right. burgers? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, is there is there like a Venn diagram right. somewhere in there to be had? Right, right. Maybe there is. is. Um, but I have wanted to do this episode for like I think I've had it in my mind for a while, mainly because of John Roberts, uh, but also like Dan Mintz and Kristen Shaw too. Like there are so many great voices in Bob's burgers and I really love this show a lot, and I I only gave you three episodes to watch. I don't know if you've seen any before, or maybe you were inspired to watch uh, a couple episodes after this. But there's some really good, um, surprisingly male-voiced lady acting, I guess is the best way to put Mm -hmm. it, too, in, in Bob's Burgers. But it's just such a great... Show with so much heart and so much humor that's been on for like, I think it's been on since 2011. I think they might be going into season like 12 or 13 or something, who knows. But I really love it a lot, and I I thought I'd share the beauty of Bob's Burgers with you. So I want to ask you, Colin, first, who had you ever watched an episode? What
1: was this show on
0: your radar?
1: Lovely question. So my yeah. experience with Bob's Burgers is is, is interesting. I think – well, interesting. Well, that's subjective. But um, <laughs> when I sit alone at home at night and think about it, I think it's interesting. And so when – It's like when people say, funny story. I'm like, right, I'll determine right. that. Okay. Yeah. How about – I think that's up to me. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, and so uh, I guess this was – in terms of your, your math, in terms of years, you're probably correct because I think I had first seen – Bob's Burgers in like 2012 because I um at that time in like early 2012 in actually you know coming up on the anniversary of it not that I remember it but like towards the the very end of February in in the span of two days I um I was let go from my job I've never never been fired before um And then two days later, I broke up with my boyfriend and uh, I was just like having a fire sale on life changes. And so, yeah. And so then, you know, March 1st starts and I'm unemployed and I'm single. And like, I just go into this like weird fugue state where I'm just like, I, I, I have flashbulb memories of that time. And it's like, they're so weird like there's specifics of like I remember making really strong coffee at home and I remember like um certain like songs that I was listening to at the time that if I hear them now they are the score of like like they bring me back to that time you know oh yeah um and so and like just I remember the weather I remember being cold I, I remember being stoned all the time um, and anxious <laughs> because of the coffee and the unemployment and um and then in that time I, you know, being single, I, I was back on the apps, you know, and yes, I yes. I connected with some guy and it was like, oh yeah, let's hang out, whatever. Like it was not even, there wasn't even any talk of like any funny business. It was just like, oh, sure. let's hang out. And so I think, I don't remember if he came over or I went over there, but I just know that we, in in the space of like two or three weeks, we probably hung out like maybe four or five times and We would, like, get together and, like, just smoke pot and maybe order food and, like, watch Bob's Burgers. And that was – and he kind of introduced me to it. And so I remember watching Bob's Burgers, but I don't remember anything, if that makes sense. Um, I Yeah, I know that
0: feeling. Yeah, and then
1: about, like, after that, like, two weeks, then he was, like, going on a vacation or something to Florida – and then he went and then we never talked again and i am not positive that this man wasn't a ghost uh even though at one point <laughs> we did drive to new rochelle because he had to go like he worked for like stop and shop and he was like a store oh, yeah. like uh inspector stop and stop. Yeah. yeah and so we had, he's like you want to go to new rochelle with me to go take a look at a stop and shop <laughs> and so that ghost can drive that ghost took me to new rochelle and back but um so the short answer is, yeah, I've seen Bob's Burgers before, but under really strange conditions. <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question, well, so, yeah. yes. Yeah,
0: yes. I think. Great. Oh, goodness. I And I'd assume that, like, ever since that time, you really haven't had – it's not that you didn't dislike it or like it. You just really don't remember it, but had never really gone back and watched any
1: episode? I, am I correct? Yes, in correct. That? And I, maybe it's because I associated it with that time. Maybe it was like sure. you know the, the the music that I was listening to that time, where it was like, oh yeah, I'm just I've, there. There's a there's there's ketchup on those eggs. I don't want to eat that, you know. And so, yeah. um, but it was like the the reasons to like it were there. The the John Roberts of it all was there. Like the mm-hmm. the just like the style of voice acting was there that I love. And I just needed a, I needed this to kind of, you know, bring me back.
0: Great. I'm excited to talk about it, too. I gave you uh, the three episodes I gave you. Season one, episode five, Hamburger Dinner Theater, where we'll talk about it in a moment, too. And then season two, episode eight, which is called Bad Tina, which is an iconic episode. I just sent you a picture of my coffee Yes, I get, I, like. I get the reference.
1: I get the reference. Yeah.
0: Don't have a crap attack. <laughs> um, I got that for Keon because we were dying over that when we first saw it and I it was like a birthday or Christmas gift. But it's a picture of Tina with the pink lip gloss and it just says don't have a crap attack. Oh, I love the and, lip gloss, uh, yeah. If you know, you know, yeah. yeah. And then season three, episode one, it's called Earsy Rider, which is... Uh, a big Louise episode, yeah. played by Kristen Schaal, too. Who, honestly, I mean, my, I think when I first watched this, just to talk about my, yeah, please, uh, association or just my journey with Bob's Burgers, too. I think we watched it, Keon and I. Well, no, I didn't know Keon then because I was in, I was actually in New York City with Amanda Kaczynski in 2012. Wow. So So uh, I know it's crazy. Were you guys um, in Astoria?
1: Were you both in Astoria?
0: I know. I think of that often. Yeah, we were both in Astoria on the Mars stop. That's crazy because I was in Astoria.
1: Because what? Wait, what year was uh. this? Was 2012? You said.
0: I'd say I was there from like 2011 to 2012. Like I, I left in December 2012, and I was there for about like one and three quarter years. I wasn't there for long. Wow, that's it was kind of just like
1: yeah, crazy. God, no. no, just like the I, you know, wandering Astoria, listening to that music, drinking really strong black coffee, watching Bob's Burgers with a ghost who works for Stop and Shop, and you're three stops away in Astoria. Like that's know, crazy to me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's
0: like when uh, when uh, Johnny found out that Shane Camaro and him lived in the same building in New York City.
1: Oh right, in Brooklyn Heights. No, yeah, it was uh, yeah because I, I remember like I think I was even there for the realization. That's some crazy stuff yeah. too. Yes, um, yes. So you're you're in Astoria. You're off the Ditmar stop. You meet Bob's. Yeah, Burgers. and I,
0: yeah, I guess. I feel like maybe I was a little bit behind. My brother told me about it first. And my brother will watch anything. So I, it's not really a good barometer of, like, if it's good or right. not. And I think I put it off a while. Well, he has good taste for the most part. But he just, like, he'll give anything a chance is a better way to put that. Um, so he suggested it and kept suggesting it. And then finally I did start watching it. And then eventually I introduced it to Keon once we started uh, seeing each other. So I, I, as far as, like, my favorite characters, like... At first it was Tina. I was like all about Tina. Mm. And of course obviously too like Linda is like the epitome that everything we stand for on the best supporting yeah. podcast. Yeah. like it's just The whistle tones if you, go off immediately. Oh, yeah. Oh god. I mean it's it's just like an abundance of um of joy and everything mm-hmm. that you're looking for and 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 a mom character. Yeah. And I just love that it's it's voiced by a gay man. And I was reading an in- or not reading but watching an interview with him yesterday too because a lot of people uh i guess ask him you know like you're taking you know what's it like being a man playing a woman because um you know that job could have went to a woman Mm -hmm. uh character actress or a voice actress rather too but he said and it made like such a great point that women voice uh men quite often in voice acting Mm -hmm. it's kind of like this weird sort of um It's like an allowance or something like you're allowed to do it. It's not as frowned upon, you know, like, yes, at the end of the day, we love to see women be employed, too. But there is something very special about John Roberts as Linda and even Dan Mintz as Tina Mm -hmm. um, that just works so well. Yeah,
1: I've heard that before that I think... um like for female voice actors, like a lot of times there's a lot of opportunities to play kids and play like, to kind of like find that it's, it's something I don't know much about, but I think voice acting is really fascinating in terms of like what the market looks like, what the opportunities are and like things like that, where it has nothing to do with what you look like. It has nothing to do with your age. It has nothing to do with like a lot of how we judge, you know, television and movie actors. And I, it's, uh, it's like when you see, you know, I don't know, like a, a a group of voice actors and it's like, oh, wow. It's so crazy to think like this is like they look so unique. They look so human compared to, you know, Nicole Kidman, you know?
0: Yeah, it's... Uh... A face for voice acting, right, right? say, or a, fa- a face for podcasting. Even right, will go there. Right,
1: exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, yeah, I I was looking up some of the cast yesterday, and the guy who plays Mr. Frond, who's like the guidance counselor at the mm-hmm. school, one of my favorite sort of like ancillary uh, characters too, uh, looks nothing like you would you would think he would too. I I was just like blown away by, it. but it's kind of fun at the same time, like watching people. But even when John Roberts like went into like the Linda voice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, during his interview as well. But I think nowadays, like, if I was to really... Uh, if I, like, gun to head... That's probably not the best way to say that. Um, Some high stakes here.
1: Maybe,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's the best way to say that? Um, on the spot. I would yeah. say, on the spot, if someone had to ask me who my favorite character is, it's going to be between Gene and Louise nowadays mm. because Gene has come a long way as far as, like, his just, like, the episodes that you saw... A lot of one-liners, but really good one-liners. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really love Louise. I think Kristen Shaw is like, she is so good and has such a unique voice um, in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad that you watched Year's rider because I love the anger of Louise, but she has a lot of really good, oh, she has so many good episodes. There's this one episode where like she hangs out with, like she loves hanging out with um, Jean and Bob and... Um, And that Tina and Linda always hang out together, but she doesn't want to be one of the girls. She wants to be like, just she wants to hang out with the guys. Mm -hmm. And eventually, like, Jean and Bob start getting closer and she feels left out. And they're all like stuck inside like a slide or something at the park. And Louise has this like incredible scene where she like starts to cry. It's like these moments where you just... Like, it's like The Office, like, where you think it's, like, one sort of show, but there's so many layers, like, beneath that surface that really just make it... They're not there all the time, but they really... When it's there, it's there, and it's so good and so satisfying to see, like, these characters, like, kind of fully developed and uh, being able to express their emotions, too. And I hope you saw a little bit of that, like, even just a smidge of it in these three episodes.
1: Absolutely. I think that's what I... I, cause I grew up loving the Simpsons and I know that's very reductive to just go right to the Simpsons, you know, no, early on it, in a Bob's it, burger it. episode, but it's like, it's, I think it's a fair comparison in just that the animation is so unrealistic, but the voice acting, especially as the Simpsons evolved, got so realistic and so nuanced. Mm-hmm. And I think Bob's burgers takes that to such a new level. I mean, like that was one of the things I loved the most was just how the overlapping dialogue and the interruptions and the little ums and uhs. And, you know, it's like, I think that's all like, I, I was familiar with seeing moments of that on the Simpsons, but I found that like, you know, King of the Hill, for example, which I, Maybe it was the same video you saw where John Roberts talked about Pamela Adlon doing uh, the voice of Bobby on King of the Hill. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and which is, by the way, another show I I haven't seen a ton of episodes of, but like, would oh, Colin, it's so good. Uh, I would do a Peggy Hill episode yesterday. Oh God, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen many Kathy and <laughs> Jimmy. Yes, Kathy and Jimmy. Jimmy. I mean, one of my favorite like TV quotes, or even from a show that I've rarely seen, but I will always remember here seeing an episode and Peggy saying. um education is the sleeping pill to dreams come true. And I just like, <laughs> hung, I mean, she Peggy Hill. I mean, if I keep going, this will become a Peggy and Hill stand yes. episode. Yeah. yeah, I know. But, um, she's great, but that it's, it's a similar kind of thing where they, they're bringing such kind of human emotions. I think, um, another example that I, I'll, I'm going to dive into soon and everybody sings the praises of is BoJack Horseman. Have you seen that?
0: I, I, I know. I know that it's good. Mm. And I saw like two or three episodes and I was fine with it. And that's not, you know, that's not enough, you know, to really kind of get into it. Mm-hmm. But I, I've heard so many similar things to what you're kind of leading into already. But go mm-hmm. on, yeah.
1: Well, I, yeah, BoJack Horseman, I've heard like, if you once you get into it, you get really involved and it can be very like, it, it's really powerful. But I I'd have to get over the Will Arnett every week, the Arnett of it all, you know, that's
0: kind of what my biggest hurdle was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just, um, that style it's, this is, I'm not going to get into this tangent, but I feel like the way that he speaks is yeah. that presentation. I feel like a lot of people kind of have taken that as a style of, of humor that I don't think is very funny. It's just kind of like this arrogant ignorance kind of tone. That's the best way I can put it. Like it's just, it's, I guess to to reduce it to this, Will Arnett feels like straight guy humor to me. You know.
0: Yeah, it's like the Jack Donaghy on you know, but like uh, that's sort of like uh, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing. But um, it's it's not it's too much. Yeah, I don't know. And I think that was the big that was the big thing where I was like, I don't know if I want to invest in this, but. I'm willing to try it. I know that, like, uh, I'm sure we have listeners that also watch it too. That are like, no, you guys would love it. So right, it features uh, the actress up, Man- Margo
1: Martindale, it. right? Like, isn't isn't she yes. in it? So yes, we kind of have no reason. Maybe, maybe I don't know if this is some shows you need to start from the beginning. Some you can kind of take a sampler of, but like, perhaps there is an episode featuring the actress Margo Martindale that we can like start with. That would be fun to kind of yes. you know, yes. we we love Margo. You know, we're on first name basis with her. Um, in our <laughs> minds, um, I know, I know. But uh, all of that to say that yes, I absolutely like could could sense, especially with Earsy Rider. I was like, wow, I'm like surprisingly emotionally involved in her getting these ears back. And yeah, I it was something. And I, obviously, not having seen many episodes, I di- I thought it was a a good choice to choose episodes from three different seasons because it seemed like there was an evolution. It seemed like the hamburger dinner theater felt, I mean, all of them were great, but hamburger dinner theaters felt a a little bit smaller or like more focused in like one kind of aesthetic of of like, you know, it, it felt like a lot of coincidental humor and like there was just a, it was a smaller story they were telling. Whereas then, the season two episode about Tina was at the Tina, the bad Tina, is that what it's called? Um, whereas like Jenny, Jenny Oh my God. When I felt like, Oh, this is, we're, we're seeing this funny story about Tina and her new friend, but we're also like seeing this narrative about like wanting to fit in. And like, there's just, there's a, there's some more things they're covering here. And then Earsy Ryder was like, wow, I totally get this thing of like, as a child, you have that stuff you're attached to. And if you lose it, like, I, I, there was a montage of her trying to get the ears back. And I was like, God, I'm going to get choked up if she doesn't get these fucking ears back. You know? <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> With like the opera music playing yeah. in the background
0: and she's running to like the, the dump. Yeah. Oh my God. That makes me laugh so hard. And it's funny at the same time. It's like right the perfect marriage of like emotional investments and just like. Good old humor. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. And
1: I, I appreciate the kind of the, the surprise of it. I like that you don't really see it coming when there's like moments of like brief, brief depth. Um, There's – Yeah. To use The Simpsons as an, ex- as an example, which I know you're not wildly familiar with, right? You've seen – like you like know it, but yeah, I'm... I –
0: Yeah, I know it, but I don't. Like I, I watched it when I was younger, but I never watched it past hmm, – I don't know, 12 or 14. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's when I dropped off. Or maybe that's when I was kind of still in it. But yeah, I don't know the references as much.
1: Yeah, and and that being said, I'm going to make a reference, but I'll explain it. go for it. There's one episode where uh, Homer's estranged mother, um, who's like, went out on the lam, like there's a whole narrative of her being a hippie and and disappearing. And um, she comes back into Homer's life. Important to note, she's voiced by Glenn Close. So... Uh, oh, there's a wow. there's a connecting yes. thread who's fabulous who's just i mean obviously and yeah so it's this whole episode of kind of homer reconnecting with his mother and the kids reconnecting with their grandmothers and their grandmother and marge having a mother-in-law and like you know and then eventually the, the police catch up with her and she's got to go on the lamb again and at the end of the episode they're like in the middle of like you know the desert because that's i guess how the simpsons works and like some some van or something of of hippies you know comes to pick up uh, Mother Simpson and, and she says goodbye to Homer and it's you know it's a it's an emotional like a, it's a it's a weighty moment and she says goodbye and she yeah. leaves and oh god I'm like <laughs> Oh God. Um it's just too it's just, much so and then at the end of the episode Homer sits on like the the hood of his car and it's like nighttime and he just sits there like staring at the stars. And usually when the episode ends it like cuts and it's the credits. But this was just the scene going on of Homer just sitting there watching the sky while the credits rolled. I have to stop talking about this. It was, yeah. so it's like, you don't expect it. It's such, and it was like, yes. oh wow, this is, whoa, you guys like, I did not, I did not think I'd be uh, feeling all these feelings Where during the closing are. credits yes. of The Simpsons. And I feel like that, you never see it coming the whole episode. And I, fe- I feel like Bob's Burgers, it sounds like that slide scene kind of does the same thing, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. There's so many more moments. It's like, I I want you to watch this entire series. I obviously know that's a huge ask. But I I do feel that you would get if this is any taste of, you know, I feel like it's a good like Saturday afternoon sort of like, I don't know, just stuck in bed. And you're just like, I'll watch a couple episodes Mm -hmm. of Bob's. It's a good like sleepy time show. Um, Mm. I mean, I know it's your first time through and typically sleepy time shows are like you've seen them before. So you can just relax and not have to worry about it. But um, I, I want to talk more about, uh, the cast itself too. It's like, um, and how just perfect everyone is. I feel like it's like the perfect, um, group of like comedy goons that mm-hmm. have just known each other for so long. And I, I feel like because of John Roberts videos, I think that's how he kind of got discovered yeah. or at least like offered this role too, because it, it essentially is the same thing. And I know, did you do, um... Was it an All Right Mary Patreon Patreon episode, or was it? Yes, uh, in the details. It was yes.
1: a it was a, a Patreon episode where we just. I mean, it was kind of like if you haven't seen John Roberts' videos from like over a decade ago on YouTube, like the episode would make zero sense because we didn't explain anything. Yes. We just queened out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, those videos are. They're part of. Like, they 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 inform who I am today. You know, like.
0: Yes, I, yes, I know what you're saying. You know, yeah. it's like
1: that because that was obviously like I was like, why am I not watching Bob's Burgers? I I I basically know those videos by heart, and it's like mm-hmm. they were. John Roberts is from New Jersey. I know where some of those videos were filmed. Like the Mother's Day, that is the parking lot of the Menlo Park Mall. You know, like yeah. Then they're at Roosevelt Park later when she when she gets the Elizabeth Auden Red Door. It's a gift set. <laughs> yeah, it's what I wanted the one I wanted uh I love those videos and I I I love that that got carried into Bob's Burgers
0: yeah it's I mean there are some alterations but it really is a lot of that too it might not be as you know it's unfortunately there are some episodes where Linda is the main focus and it really is like an ensemble show in every sense of the word much like the Simpsons too Mm -hmm. like the 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 um I guess the plot shifts every so often where someone's featured a little bit more and um but at the same time too they're all sort of like BSAs in their own right too. There isn't like a leading lady, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak, for yeah, like we could say Marge and Linda, you know, are you know, from those two shows. They're they're the moms, right. so they're they're gonna be I mean in our books we care more. <laughs>
1: but Right, right. Those yeah, are the characters I'm drawn to, yeah
0: yes yes and I, I mean they have just like it's like a litany of all of these like incredible comedians and guests it's too much to name but i i wrote down a little bit too like the ones that i really love um megan Mullally plays um linda's sister oh. her name is gail and she's a crazy cat lady oh. and she has the same sort of voice inflection mm-hmm. she's also infuriating because she's like she there's always something wrong with Gail and she's always just like ruining everything i almost gave you a gale episode but i watched it and i got so mad at Gail <laughs> that i couldn't do it right, right. i couldn't said i was like i'm not going to put him through this but like that's the point is like that she is so annoying and bob cannot stand her but at the end they like bob and her have this like moment and it's also very sweet um so Mega Malali is great. Billy Eichner plays the librarian, oh my- Mr. Ambrose. God,
1: this ke- ah.
0: Um yeah, Kevin Klein plays the landlord. His name is Mr. Fishoder, which is great and he is he's great. He also got nominated for an Emmy for like uh him and John Roberts are the only two people from this show to get nominated for Emmy awards for like best you know, uh, voice acting or mm-hmm. uh, whatever it happens to be. I'm fumbling with it, too. And is that I, like I the Creative they're,
1: they're, Arts Awards that they never put on TV? Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, I, yeah it is technically like the primetime Emmys, but it's, um, you know, it's the, the categories that, quote, I think they matter, but like there just isn't enough time to do it all in one show. So mm-hmm. they have a separate, you know, dinner uh, the week before or whatever. But... The year that John Roberts was nominated, Hank Azaria beat him out for The Simpsons. I mean, you can't oh, wow. compete with Hank Azaria. Like the the categories are stacked, and like I think in that year that John Roberts was nominated, every other person that was nominated did at least like six characters. Mm-hmm. Like there, were, and then the year that uh, Kevin Klein was nominated, um, Seth MacFarlane for Family Guy beat him out. Like it's because he does like seven different right. voices, right. you know it's tough it's, t- it's tough yeah. for a voice actor out there but um the one thing i really wanted to mention too is i don't know if you remember them because they're really really small parts um in the episode in bad tina you know how tammy steals <laughs> the erotic friend fiction mm-hmm. and uh louise and Jean like switch out the backpacks mm-hmm. um in the bathroom so the backpacks that they grab from are those two twin boys yep and they're both played by Laura, uh, Laura Silverman and Sarah Silverman. They play oh, Ollie and Andy. I, that's, Isn't that crazy? I love that. Oh. And they only have like, I don't know. I mean, gosh, the amount of time they probably spend recording is like 10 minutes a right. season because they just have like these crazy things that they say. But it's, again, very effective. I think like just the, the amount of detail in the world of Bob's Burgers, also just to add to the other reasons why I love it, is just... Um, Oh, it's just great. It must, it must be such a fun room, like writing room. I just want to like be in there and like joke with everyone and mm. like laugh. <laughs> that's yeah. like all I want to do. I mean,
1: I was thinking that with like some of the scenes in particular when there's like a, a group scene of like, and they, they kind of did it every episode where I was like, oh, this is a thing. They love to have a moment where people are misunderstanding each other. And there's a lot of like, oh, well, that's what you said. No, I don't know. What do you mean? Like there's a lot of that and it's, Yes. It's a bit that you almost don't expect in an animated show, and so I feel like that's part of why they lean into it is because it's so not an animated trope, and I feel like in those scenes, I just kept thinking, like, God, recording those scenes must be so fun. And my assumption, I don't know what the the production is like, but it feels like the kind of show where they record the voices first and then animate it later to kind of match the voice acting. Not that it matches up specifically, but it just... I don't know what comes first or if it really matters on Bob's Burgers, you know?
0: Yeah. It's like the chicken or the egg. I often wonder that just with any cartoon, like how that works. But one thing to add to that too, that I don't know if it was the interview or something I read on IMDb is that they all record together no matter what. Mm. I think right now, obviously for COVID reasons, they're not all together, but I think that's so important. I couldn't imagine like just reading with some like, you know, dope,
1: Mm mm-hmm. Just
0: like standing in a booth by myself. And the, the scene that I feel like specifically you're talking about <laughs> was the don't have a crap attack mm-hmm. um, moment where after they ground Tina and she leaves and Bob's like, what is a crap attack? She's like, I don't know. I don't know what these kids are saying. <laughs> and, and then like <laughs> and then like Louise jumps in. Well, like what well, she said? Well, you said you didn't want to have one. And then Bob says, yeah, Lynn, don't have a crap attack. And then Louise is like,
1: ah. Oh. Right.
0: And then they just like laugh. It's so funny. Yeah. It's almost like improv and like a blooper, but it's cartoon. So it doesn't, mm-hmm. or animated rather.
1: It feels like improvised dialogue. Like I I thought of that in the first episode, the the hamburger dinner theater in the in the beginning when they're talking about. Uh, when Linda's talking about going to Pickles and she's like, oh, I'm going to get all my quarters. And like, what are you going to do with those quarters? I'm going to just plop them in their G-strings. Yep, just gonna, you're just going to plop them? Yep, just going to plop them right in there. And then like, why do they call it Pickles? Well, you wouldn't believe it. They actually have great Pickles, really? Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't believe it. Like that kind of, you know, chit-chat is, it, it, yes. it feels like, it's like, oh, you couldn't script this. You know, or if you did, you'd have to be very precise about it. And so um, I love that. I just, I think that's, uh, it's fun to see in a live action show, but it's even more exciting in, in an animated show.
0: Yeah. It's like the secret ingredient, a uh, kind of too. And I, I just love that. I mean, let's get into this a bit. I, we don't have to recap every single episode, but I just want to like touch on a couple things. Mm-hmm. And hamburger dinner theater was the first one I had you watch. Then it's the season one episode, uh, episode five. And there is something really sweet about this getting ready for the night situation where, um. Is this the one where Gina and Louise are on the bed? I think. And they're just, because I know Mm -hmm. that also happens in another episode, but I just love that they're always together. There is something really sweet about their family unit Mm -hmm. and like how they support each other as well, which we'll get into. But oh my gosh, like the first eight minutes of that episode are just like Linda, like it's a gold mine. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) It's Linda's real. She's getting
0: ready. Yeah. And, um, Jean says something about, like, I, I think you should go, Mom, and, or something, and she's like, that's my boy. That's my
1: star. That's my star, yeah. I love <laughs> that.
0: so funny. Uh,
1: or when they do the montage when he's like, you know, the problem with dinner theater is what it does to you is then you just keep singing everything. And then the scene, the, the montage of oh, her, you know, God. making breakfast. And I just love. She's like, eggs. Uh, yeah. Eggs 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 and then he goes oh god and she goes bum bum and then and like i love that i like it's little things like that the little bum bum at the end it's like oh you didn't need that but you but that's what made this even funnier was that like that yes. little note um there was uh
0: <laughs> i often say to kia oh, go, 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 go. oh no god god i was gonna say i often say to kia when she's in bed and bob is like hey you want to Full around and she's like not tonight <laughs> no not tonight <laughs> <laughs> he's like i get it i get, I get it, it okay
1: here. fine <laughs>
0: Ugh. Uh,
1: yeah i am um, so
0: great
1: and i think that like that uh that episode i like that as a linda feature because I, again not to make comparisons to the simpsons a lot but like sure i love marge simpson but it it always felt like rare opportunities to have like a Marge, like a story where we really got to know Marge. Cause normally she kind of has to play the straight man in some ways to, to Bart and to Homer. And so whenever you get an episode where not only is it about Marge, but where she's being funny or she's being wacky, it's so yes. refreshing. And it's like, Oh wow. Even in animated shows, it's like women need to be given more opportunities to play more dynamic characters. And, um, And I think that's obviously happening nowadays, but I think Linda's a great example of that. I like that she can be the crazy kooky one in this episode. And I like that the family, like when she, in that first scene, when uh she kind of I guess kind of admits that like, yes, she's gonna be uh she's going to musical you know, dinner theater and she's gonna yes. be singing all the next week. And then she like flops down on the bed and I like that Bob kind of laughs at her when she does yes, that. Yes, yes. Where it was like she's being kooky but she's not being treated like the kook, you know?
0: Yes, it's so important. And he's like, are you going to be uh, so you're not going to be singing all week? And she's like, I
1: guess not. She's like, no, and then she <laughs> falls on the. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just I thought the easy way out would be for Bob to just like roll his eyes and walk away. But for him to be kind yes. of amused by her. I was like, well, that's like a whole different note. And like that little uh-huh. micro moment tells us a lot about their relationship, you know?
0: I'm so glad you caught that too, because I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. And I love that the show is called "The Pirates of Panache." The Pirates oh, yeah. of Panache.
1: <laughs> and it's like, yeah, the the so off ramp theater and uh, off ramp Broadway. She has a glass and like, of wine. Yeah. Yes.
0: The next day, when uh, Mort, the the mortician, mm-hmm. very appropriately named, he's like, "Linda, tell me all about it." Yeah. She's like, "Ah, oh, to be in dinner theater, you know, to do my life over again." <laughs> If I had one chance, like all of that, I just, I I was like, Colin's gonna love this. Yeah, and Bob's like,
1: But look, you work in a restaurant. She's like, Yeah, and you feed the world. (laughs) Remember the person from Canada? We learned all about that country, Canada. Yeah, like I just, (laughs) and Louise is like, Enough enough about about the Canada. Canada. (laughs) Watching these episodes in order, it was like, I. I knew that I would love Linda, and so it was a good episode to start with because it was a Linda episode, whereas yes. I needed some time to warm up on Tina and Louise. Um, yes, you do. Yeah. I, I would say, yeah. And I, I to kind of, because in the first episode, it's like there are there are moments of Tina where I'm like, Oh God! Enough. Like, yes. Enough. Oh, the stage fright yes. yes. The yes, moaning—it yes, was yes. like. Well, it almost felt like they were doing the kind of Family Guy thing of let's keep the joke going till it like, stops being funny, and then we'll oh, keep going. I see. Maybe it'll circle around and be funny again. Like that scene of like the opening night with Tina and Louise, and and Louise is like. You know, being super tense before the show and like yelling yeah, at her. that like, bit. That bit. And I was like, this is going on. I get what you're doing and you're making it go on longer than it should. And now it's even longer. And now it's, you know, I, I get it. But I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't like you enough yet to want to see this. No, you know?
0: I, I can, I, I hear that. I, I love that backstage scene. Now that I know mm-hmm. Louise and Tina, especially Louise, because Louise can be a lot, I think that's why I wasn't as. Um, I guess into her is for, but now like I every I watched this episode twice before recording, and I I laughed hard both times too when when that scene came up. But I get it. I also get mm-hmm. that too. But it's I love Tina as the tree. Oh god. Okay, Tina.
1: but it's different having now seen like Irzy Rider. Like I can yes. go back and feel differently. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, that's good. Even after that, mm-hmm. great, great, great. Um.
1: But yeah, Tina. As yeah, the tree, Louise always yeah. does
0: bits like that. Yeah, Tina. Oh my god, when she like when <laughs> she can't say her line. And she stabs herself as the tree. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite And then and Linda just, like, pushes her Pushes her, her over, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh, oh, and the play is just so bad. The musical was just terrible. So um, bad.
1: And I love the two female cops. Like, I loved that. Like, there was also little things of that where I felt like, I felt like the one, like, the blonde cop, I was like, if this was live action, that would be Fortune Feimster playing that role, you know?
0: Yes, yeah. They have a few characters like that. Um, there's an episode right after that where Bob... He takes like a a job as like a a nighttime cabbie, and he meets like a whole bunch of people from like just like in the nightlife. And there's like some drag queens, and there's like some trans people that he meets. It's really it's really interesting. Um, and it's kind of like a similar sort of situation. Those mm-hmm. sort of, it's almost like the same voices too. It's good. There's like someone named Marshmallow that's really great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also um, I I was gonna say one other thing about this. Um, cause there's really not, as far as, it's not that there isn't any more big moments in that episode too, but like they get robbed, which is great. And like the guy has a really great voice. I, I looked him up, but he didn't sound familiar at all, mm. but I do love the, um, I just love how Linda, like she wanted that like fame and sort of like that, like the theater bug so bad that she like was willing to like, uh, kind of let him, oh, he. he She let the guy rob them twice. It was just so funny. I loved that. Well,
1: I love that when, you know, for the last show, when, you know, she realizes they're not going to have the big twist ending, and she's just like, you know, who was the murderer? Was it the delivery boy? Was it the flower guy? Was it the tree? No, it was me. And I, I love just like that, that like just dejection. And then, yeah, there's like those, that moment of then like Bob kind of, what I loved about this is like Bob then steps in and like plays the robber. I think the clever note is instead of that being like, and then everybody clapped, most of the audience still leaves and like three people stand around and watch them finish the show. And, and they kind of still see it as a small win of like, well, we got to do the bit. They all left, but okay. Like it's, there's something about that too, where like the show, I feel like it doesn't lean on any like, Hmm. like false resolutions. I think like, the bad Tina episode is a great example where a, a false resolution would be for her to never read her erotic fan friend fiction in front of the, the school, yeah. and for her to be stopped. But instead, they let it all play out and, like, you know, and and keep it kind of unpredictable. Except there is kind of like in that episode, there's sort of the the act one fart where you kind of think, okay, well. <laughs> I guess I saw that I coming, you know. I was
0: like, "Oh no, Colin, it's okay." Though.
1: <laughs> Why am I watching this? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh um, but god, but going.
1: I, sorry, god, I just god, was just gonna god. say, but I laughed so hard when Bob, looked they're talking, and then Bob just like, "Man, that girl really farted, didn't she?" <laughs> <laughs> I was, I just, I was like, "Oh god, that's so funny."
0: It's so good. <laughs> I I, I want to get into bad Tina. I think mm. I think it's time. This is uh, just for anyone who is a Bob's Burger. Like, don't have a crap attack. I feel it's like one of the cornerstones of you know, like just like the the many many quotes of Bob's Burgers. Um, mm-hmm. So in this episode, uh, Tina is showing Tammy. Tammy Larson, played by Jenny Slate. Around and she is just like one step away from like Mara and Pen fifteen. Right, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's just like she's she's a terrible human and it just kind of bullies Tina into doing all of these things. But it's also great because Tina, we see the good in Tina and we see that like she still wants to follow the rules because that is part of her wiring as a character too. Is like she wants Jimmy Jr. to like her, but she's also she knows like she respects her parents, but like, she does start to act out and it's just wonderful to watch.
1: I mean, when they all like it, so spot on that they're like, you know, let's all get drunk. And then she pulls out the margarita mix. I remember thinking, Oh, is this like, it's right here on the store that boy, you get drunk on that. Like, that was great. I also, you know, this was the episode where I was like, Oh, I think I understand the the Tina thing now, and and maybe it helped that it was season two. And so she had evolved a bit. Um, I was thinking, like, Tina is, in terms of, like, why I think people are gravitating to her and based on such little evidence. But it seems to me that, like, Tina is a representation of, like, meme culture. Like, she's a certain—it feels like she stems from, like, awkward, introverted internet humor, you know? And, like, it becomes a reflection of that back to the audience. I think that— you know that th- there's always kind of I, I don't know anytime there's a character who's kind of performing social anxiety or whatever I'm like oh yeah I love that I get that but i think she yes. takes it to such an absurd place and like the butt squeezing obsession and all that the touch and butts obsession like it's at first it's almost like this is kind of uh this is a little like i guess it's like is this a kid <laughs> show is this who is this sure. for yes yes um but it just it it lands in such a weird specific place. It's almost like when I think of like Dwight Schrute where I'm like, Oh, you're just like a very specific energy that sticks out and like stands out, you know?
0: Yeah, I feel like she never, besides this episode, because you see it play out in like the the sort of, what do you call it, like a montage or like the erotic friend fiction when they're like playing it out. Like you see it as she's writing it. Mm-hmm. She never quite gets what she wants. Like she always wants to touch butts. She always wants to kiss the boys. And sometimes she does. But it's never to the point of like, what's happening here, I guess. But the other like subplots of this episode are Bob and Linda go to Cake, cake, which is like a play on Stomp, like a genius way Mm -hmm. of really incorporating that. And at first, Linda's really excited. And Bob is actually the one who ends up really loving it. And Linda couldn't care less about it as they got home. And that's... That's when that scene comes when Linda comes home drunk and mm-hmm. she's she's like, I need a drink. And, uh, every, and and I just love how the kids know when she's a little drunk yep. and she's like, I don't. She's like, she's, they're like, I know you're drunk, mom, because you're, you're yelling. She's you're like, yelling. I'm talking
1: normal. <laughs> and it's like, it's such a nuance because you, you, you know that it's like, oh, this is someone who's trying to pretend they're sober. And without overplaying it, I thought that was such a great little moment. Um, I loved... Yeah. In terms of, I mean, it's a weird thing of like acting choices, micro moments, but during Cake, I thought the animation on Bob of him kind of like first being like, yes. oh, God, here we go. And then the more the show opens and the more like the stage just opens up to see all these guys playing Patty Cake and the way he, his enthusiasm shows on his face, I was like, oh, so good. So clever. Yes. Um and was it like, was huh? cool. Like at first I was like, oh God, if I was there, I would love this. Um <laughs> exactly. It's like stomp meets like shots Like it's just so weird. But then once they came out in the audience for audience participation, I was like, Oh, this is no, this is when I would leave. This is when I would yes. run out to concessions. Yeah.
0: but I love that Bob is like reaching over to get into the action. Yeah, And
1: she's just like, Oh, like she, you know, he's like pushing her glasses off against her face. Yeah. Um,
0: it's, it's really great. Yeah. Um, so then it's like, we, we start to see more of this like toxic relationship of Tammy and Tina. And like, uh, it's, they get detention. And then like the, the scene that we were referencing before is when she comes home. And I will say, Oh, I can't, I think his name is Julian mm-hmm. um on TikTok. The one who did the Sex in the City um, TikToks of. Uh, and then. Oh. Uh, or not Sex in the City. Also, um, First Wives Club, too, the oh, one that I just said. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. He does this scene. He does the Don't Have a Crap Attack scene. And I, I need you to watch that because it's so good. And. She says, detention is no big deal, mom. Don't have a crap attack. And one of my favorite nuances of this is just like the music that mm-hmm. with like the zoom in on Linda. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I, I mean, it, and it's such like a, it's a great trope of the moment the kid comes home saying a quote unquote dirty word and like mom's realization. I, I, I can just it's always like, what did you just say? What did you just say to me? Like, I love that note. Yes. I love that kind of that that disbelief moment.
0: Yeah, I, I, I. It's a little bit later in the episode, but when they get um, tattoos and Tina like drops the bottle of like cleaning solution for the menus, and she leans over, <laughs> it's like a dinosaur, <laughs> uh, like dinosaur tramp stamp. That's what Tammy calls it. And Gene says he's like, "Is that a dinosaur tattoo over your tar pit?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> so <God>. weird. <laughs> oh. Ugh, I. I just love it. I. I just think that. As far as the resolution of this, too, I really, really love the moment when Tina doesn't want to go to school because Tammy has taken her erotic friend fiction and she has threatened to read it in front of the entire school, but that Gene and Louise are there. Like, they they got it covered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're the the sort of siblings sticking up for each other. Like, we're allowed to pick on Tina, but no one else is. Right,
1: right. Like, yeah, I think the Gene uh, has some line of, like, you know... You weren't inside our mother, so you you know you can't make fun of her or something like that. Yeah,
0: we're Belchers from womb to tomb. Right, um,
1: and I love it by the, the end. Like, oh ahead, I was, go gonna, and I love that by the end of that, it's like, I that the whole family is there to save Tina. You know, like uh louise and Jean have run in but then like linda and bob show up and i i love that it's there isn't even like oh my god that's so weird you're writing erotic friend fiction i love that there's an acceptance of like oh no uh you know she took her her journal she took her private writing like i like that the there doesn't seem to be the parents questioning the erotic friend fiction and more of just like wanting to protect tina
0: Exactly, too. And I, I, I do love the talk where um, Linda's like, kids, get out of here. I need to have a moment with Tina. And she sits on the bed and she gives her like a little pep talk. Mm-hmm. It's like pep talk gone wrong because it's so supportive that she kind of forgets that it's erotic friend fiction that she's going to be mm-hmm. reading. But I I do love that she's she says, and Tammy can go sit in syrup, let the bees get it. <laughs> And then they hug and she's like, uh, she's like my little baby's back. My teeny Tina. (laughs) I just love when she sings like these crazy. Oh God. There's so many more of those Colin. It's so great.
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can hear that. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, so go on, go and on. so, yes, by the end of that episode, then, yes, then uh, bad Tina is, you know, runs off in a, a, a cacophony of flatulence. and um,
0: Yes. And it's an interest. It hers.
1: She gets hers. And it's, you know, it's an interesting um, in terms of like the show getting a little bit deeper. Like, I feel like there's kind of that that message at the end of the episode of like. High school or whatever is junior high whatever it is is tough and like there's those moments where you think like oh my god this is the end of the world I am the laughing stock of this school and like how quickly that gets over like overshadowed by the next embarrassing thing and that like yeah school and your teen years is just a series of embarrassing situations.
0: Yes, but I do love at the end. She's like, nothing's more embarrassing than having your parents at school. Oh like, yeah, is, that is the ultimate embarrassment. Yes,
1: it's a great capper. Like I think that's also yeah. I really admire that each of these episodes there's a great capper line. Like at the end <laughs> of the first one, it, it's Tina finally getting her line uh, as the tree in the <laughs> yeah, show. Oh no, and, don't! Oh no, don't! I did it, and then it ends, and I, I and the, they kind of end with the same sort of cadence that Schitt's Creek would do. Like they would just be like, it'd just be a hard cut after a certain beat. And I feel like yes. this was the yes. same way where it was like, oh, my God, what a great capper. And then it's just like a hard cut.
0: Yeah. one of the, I remember what I was, was going to say before, too, is that Tina was originally written as a boy. And oh. they And that's why she's, like, super horny all the time, mm. like a teenage boy. So she has, like, the sort of, uh, you know uh, – What's the word? Uh the sort of impulses of a teenage boy, mm-hmm. but she is a girl. So and it's funny too, because it's like the double standard. If she was a boy, would we be more forgiving of it? Um but I guess he'd be like going after girls. So I guess that's not like I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I don't I think know how that would have worked out.
1: It would have read differently. I think I think it she Tina has to be a girl for all of this to work. Yeah. For all of this like yes weird shit to work. I think as a boy it would just feel kind of gross and like yes. overly hormonal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, there's some influence in there, which makes a little, once I found that out, I was like, yeah, that, that adds up. That makes sense that they kept like just a few of those nuances of like a teenage boy, but like wrapped in a teenage girl's, uh, I mean, presented as a teenage right. girl too. And Dan Mintz is great. Like, I just feel that are so, he is so deadpan and so perfect with like, it, it, it doesn't work without Dan Mintz. Yeah. I can't imagine that. Character having this, like resonating as much or just being just outwardly funny uh, without him doing
1: that Yeah, I and that was again like a, a performance that yeah by the end of that episode I was like, oh I I get the appeal like I get There is something sort of unpredictable about Tina her an unpredictable weirdness that becomes intriguing
0: Yes, yes, yes well, let's get into Earsy Rider. Um, yeah. One of the things I wanted to mention too, and I'm sure you caught it, like in the beginning credits, I always love looking at the storefronts. For oh, like yeah. Like the puns. Mm-hmm. Like this one was Annie Get Your Gum, and it was like a bubblegum shop oh, on the great. right. Mm-hmm. And the van that pulls up, it's it's usually like some sort of exterminator, like pun. That's really great. I, I I love those sort of things. And even the names of the burgers. Yep. I don't know if you caught that. Yep. Those I, are always great and They too. always
1: change, yeah. I mean, it's – uh again, not to compare to the Simpsons, but i I think there is yeah. something I, it's I think it's a it's a good. It's almost like anything if you have a podcast, you have a TV show, having a recurring bit, but having it not be too heavy. Like I think in The Simpsons, there was always the couch gag. And so you're kind of yes. always waiting to see what the couch gag would be and and you know, how that evolved over the years. And I think, Bob's Burgers is kind of doing the same thing where it's like, you're always keeping an eye out for like an an Easter egg or a nuance that's going to be different each episode. Um, and I I think it's, it, there's something to that that I think uh, like lends to like long-term, like, like people becoming like long-term fans because there's always new things to discover. And I think, um, I think the yes, office does that yes. a lot. I think parks and rec does that a lot where mm-hmm. it's like a joke that they made two seasons ago. And like, if you got that joke, then you know what the joke in season four is about. You know.
0: Yeah, the first one I think of is Councilman Hauser, where Leslie always bumps into that same guy in the hallway when she's doing something crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, it's little it's things like, like not that. Not even a big bit, but that's a small one too. Yes, yes, yes. Um. Um. So this is the Louise episode, and she gets her ears taken, and like we have never seen Louise without her ears, and it's it's and you don't see it, no. which I love that they didn't show that, and um. I love the reaction from like Linda as well too because like it's it's going back to like the parents are supportive. They know that Louise like it's not like I I almost said it's not normal, but it's, like she's a kid, she could do whatever she wants, you know what I mean? But like it is something. It's like a security blanket, only it's in the form of ears too. And I mean, what a great merch idea first of all too. Yeah. Like there's so there's so much cosplay that's come out of this too and even Going back to the burgers on the board, they have, like, a Bob's Burgers, like, cookbook now that has, oh, like... All yeah, the all the burgers. Ever, that mm-hmm. have, yeah, not all of them, <clears throat> excuse me, but, um you know, a good amount on them. It's such a great idea uh, yeah. for just, like, marketing. And whether they planned on that or not, I don't know. But uh, Louise gets her ears taken from Logan, who actually pops up in future episodes, too. He's kind of, like, the arch nemesis mm-hmm. of okay. Louise. um So he comes back later on, to um, and it's a big deal, and I, I love the, um, oh gosh, just watching her sort of deal with it, I guess, like the eye twitching sitting at the table, and she's mm-hmm. just like, ha ha, good one, guys, I'm so ha-. Like, the way that she's, it's like, <laughs> it's borderline just like, you're worried about Louise, absolutely. you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that was really clever how they played it, where she... Cause I think again, like now we're into season three and I feel like this episode of the three that we're talking about today, I felt was the most complex narratively. And I felt like not only in kind of what happens and how they tie the A and the B stories together, but I think like what all of this is about in terms of Louise, like there's, there's a theme of I- losing her identity and like losing, you yes. know, your, your childhood attachments. And I think, um, without being heavy handed about it, like I didn't feel like I was being yeah. hit over the head with these themes. And, uh, you you do kind of like the, the way that kind of it evolved for me. It was like, oh, I really like, like when he said that he threw out the ears. I was like, oh my god, oh shit, what is she gonna do now? And like the fact that they were able to explore that whole thing and have it be only one of the plots, like that this yeah. whole biker plot ends up being the bigger story around it, and then they do all of that in twenty two minutes is is nuts.
0: Yeah, it really is great writing because, like, the the other half of this, like, the B story, I guess, is, like, that the bar – or the bar – the restaurant is taken over by bikers mm. and a one Wendy McClendon Covey as Mudflap. Is she
1: Mudflap? Oh, yes. Because Mudflap is, like, a, an assistant to the BSA of that episode. She's yes. so funny. <laughs> um,
0: it's, it's great. So that – and, uh, I mean, there that's sort of the – I – I've talked to Amanda about this on Squirrel Friends, like way, like you know, many moons ago. But I tend to not like the episodes so much where like the um, Bob and Linda are stuck at the restaurant the whole time, mm-hmm. and and then the kids are kind of out doing their things. I I kind of like when it's sort of like a mishmash when the family's like all out and about. Or, yeah, you know, I love like a good Gene and Linda episode because there's that's like another special dynamic that. We might not have time to talk about today, but um, I love the two of them together, Linda and Jean. Mm,
1: um, I love that when there's, like, combos that you don't normally see and kind of, like— Like, I think of that <clears throat> using all the same references today, but when I think of, like, Schitt's Creek, when I think of Johnny and Alexis, whenever they have moments together or scenes together. Yes. It's so—it's yes. such a specific relationship. And I remember this one scene towards the end of Schitt's Creek, maybe when— um Maybe uh, David is talking about maybe leaving or whatever. The point is, Alexis has a line where she says, you know, uh, sometimes David and Moira, like, team up on Johnny. And, like, so she, like, Alexis sees herself as, like, someone to side with Johnny when they team up on him. Um, Yes. And I thought, oh, wow. I never thought about that dynamic. But that's so specific that we, that never really gets explored. And I, I, so I love those weird combos of, like, oh, I never see those two characters together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I it's that is exactly it with Linda and Jean. Like they don't do it so often. Like, but I, I, I really <clears throat> wish it was more. But I I love that it's not that much at the same time, because then it's not as special when it does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the whole this whole episode kind of culminates in like, uh, I forget the name of the biker gang, but they they eventually get uh, the ears back for for Louise, too. And then they go back to the restaurant and there's, you know, Logan's mom comes and there's like this, <laughs> I love when, um, when Louise is like, everybody who's got a knife, grab it. It's a fight to the death. <laughs> the way that she, the way that she screams, like when she hits that sort of like, I don't even know, like upper register, like there's something very specific about Kristen Shawl Like it's very grating, but it also works so well for like an eight year old or, you know, it, it's just perfect.
1: It's like, I want to, I want to see... Diane Weist and Kristen Shaw roar about something together you <laughs> yeah, know like exactly, it's, it's a similar yeah. vibe um I loved in this because I didn't know where this was going that this one was yeah. a surprising plot because yeah then it all ends up in the diner the biker gang is there these like white collar parents have shown up because they're like you know uh because the the one what was the guy's name critter had like threatened to cut off logan's ears to get the, the yes. hat back and so then it's all like there's that whole narrative too of like people from either sides of the tracks and everyone's at bob's burgers and and it all looks like it's all gonna kind of uh fall apart and then they all bond over Mudflap giving birth because logan's father is mm-hmm. a doctor the part where she's like, go in there and check the oil. And he just reaches down and clearly like... Check under the hood. Check under the hood. Yeah, yeah it was like, <laughs> oh my God. But my favorite was when she's on the table and then it's like uh, everyone's trying to like get, her, like get her some whiskey. And then finally, Logan's mother hands her her flask and then Linda puts a straw in it. And I was like, this is... Like when you think about this moment of Mudflap is giving birth, Logan's mother is providing the flask, Linda's providing the straw. I was like... Look this at motherhood these moments. motherhood moment, yes. mother like, I the, brilliant, brilliant, yep. and like yep. they don't belabor it. And I thought that was that was where I was like, okay, Bob's Burgers, all right, um, I'll you got me, gal. You know,
0: yeah, I love when Linda's talking to Logan's mom, and she's like, oh, tell me about it. Those two, piece of cake. That one, whole <laughs> the cake. The whole
1: cake. When she's talking- yeah, the little <laughs> moment of those two mothers talking about being moms. I thought that and was giving great. Birth, yes. Yeah uh that was and and then yeah that episode i love that then you know she gives birth and then louise is like ready for the fight and bob's like there's gonna be no fight there's no fight like it's done yeah and i just i <laughs> i love that also kind of just let's just put a bow on this no louise come on um yes uh yeah it was uh that was i thought that was a, a great episode and i i think um in some ways, like, kind of a nice feature for all of them because we also got to see Jean and Louise, Jean and Tina, like, in the cafeteria. I love when Tina says, you know, when, when Louise is going to go out to um, get her ears back, and uh, Tina's like, Should we keep your dinner warm for you? She's like, Yeah, keep it really warm. And I just love that, <laughs> like, do you want us to keep your dinner warm? I, I love yeah. that they're always there and then that they, like, show up on their bikes. Like, there's just. Uh, oh, yeah. Th- there is something very sweet about their the sibling relationship.
0: Yeah, they're all weird. And I, I think the parents know they're weird, too. But also, like, these are the kind of... I, I would want kids like this. I think Keon has said that before. He's like, I would only be a parent if I could know that I would have these types of kids. Right. Because they're all, like, so unique and weird and... But there is so much love. There, there's like one episode where there's like a life threatening situation for Bob and he's like hanging off something and Linda yells up and she's like, Bobby, she's like, don't die. Don't leave me with these frickin kids. It's just so fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so real. She's like, that's the thing that she's thinking of, like, oh, God, I don't want to raise these kids right, by myself. Right, but it's It's perfect.
1: Uh,
0: ah, well, I'm so glad that you loved it. And um, I hope you continue. um Please keep me posted every step of the way, really, because there's there's so much more magic to find within this show.
1: Yeah. If there's other episodes that I can, you know, that are like, oh, you should th- this will continue to get the hooks in you for Bob's Burgers. Like epi- episodes with Megan Lamalali like the, the slide episode. I'd love to see that one. Um yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh I, I'm I'm ready and it is, you're right. It's an easy show. I could just put it on. Um even if I haven't seen it before, it's like Bob's burgers is you know it's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah.
0: And it's on Hulu and it's available, which is which is all we need.
1: Yeah. Uh right. so uh now normally folks, as we're winding down talking about our main feature, then we shift gears into our, our as you may know, our final segment of the episode, our BSA of the week. Well, record scratch. We're changing things up a little bit here at the best supporting podcast. Bum, bum. Yeah, bum bum. <laughs> uh, bum, bum. <laughs> so we are splitting things off into what we are affectionately calling the best supporting after show. Uh, yes. So that is going to be where we are not only going to be talking about our BSAs of the week and any recommendations, but also nowadays getting into award season talk. And so uh, I, 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 when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, oh, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the the podcast we love, Former BSA of the Week, Not Without My Sister. They do a main yes. episode and then a mini episode. And yeah. we're kind of uh, taking that idea. I mean, granted, I've done this on All Right Mary, so I'm sort of stealing yeah. the idea from there, too. But like... What's wrong with an after show? So, uh, uh, double dose, double dose. So, if you are keen to hear our BSAs of the week, hear our thoughts on the Golden Globes this week, um, you know, maybe I'll get choked up about the Simpsons again. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Then uh, keep an eye out for. It. I don't know when our plan is. I, I was thinking maybe we should we release it on the same day. I guess people will know by the time they're hearing this. But yeah. maybe we release it the knows. next maybe day. It'll be Friday. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Let's say it's. to be determined. To be
1: determined. But, yeah. You'll you'll get it when that you get nice, it. Though. It's either gonna. Yeah. It's probably gonna be Friday. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so that being said, that's actually we're we're already we're already being played off because oh of
0: goodness. this. I'm I'm the orchestra. They already knew, though. They, they knew already had their sheet music ready.
1: They got the memo. <laughs> so now that we are being played off, uh, where can people find more of you other than the best supporting after show?
0: Yeah, they can find me every day Every day, I wish it was every day They can find me every (laughs) Every Tuesday on my other podcast The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa Recap podcast um, Which I'm having so much fun with And they can also follow me on Twitter And Instagram at Nick Kochenov. How about you, Colin?
1: Well, you can find more of me on In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance. Uh, you can find me on All Right Mary. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker. You can find me on Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSAPod.
0: And you can also send us emails at thebsapod at gmail.com with your thoughts on Bob's Burgers or anything else you want to chat about.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I am so excited to to you know slip into the uh, interior illusions lounge of best supporting podcast. Yes. Uh, I've got my I've got my thoughts on the Golden Globes coming. I've got some BSAs mm-hmm. to talk about. Uh, yes, and um, yeah, I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll see you over there, guys. Yeah, I'm excited.
1: I we better we better or in terms of in terms of all this then than than this <laughs> as they say is going to be that <laughs>
0: <laughs> goodbye <laughs>